You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Hope you're doing well. On today's show, again, we're going to jump in and talk some more basketball coaching profiles. I have two more that I'm going to go over today. I might actually have a third, depending on how the news section goes. I'm going to go over the news, and we'll just chat a little bit more about Boston College sports. It's been a busy weekend. Uh, It's been a quiet Monday, so we don't really have a ton of news. But I really want to jump in and start talking BC sports. If you have not done so already... Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Boston College wherever you get your podcast. If it's on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, Google Podcasts, wherever you get it, you can find Locked On Boston College. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to make sure you get the latest episodes when they come out. Just some quick news. Boston College hockey player Mark McLaughlin was named Hockey East Player of the Week for his four-point performance against Maine this weekend. McLaughlin is tied for second in Hockey East with points per game, and he has a career-high 22 points. He's third in the league in total goals with nine and a plus-minus of 17. So uh, just a great little award to show off for this hockey team. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more hardware coming for BC Hockey as the season progresses. So we still don't know who they are going to play this weekend, but stay tuned to BC Bolton as we'll make sure to announce when we hear it from Boston College or Hockey East. Now, I want to jump back to Sunday. There was one game, as I said, I, I recorded a little early. I, You know, sometimes I have a schedule and it's, it's tough on Sundays to record later in the day. So I recorded early before the women's basketball game. Women's basketball played against Georgia Tech. And if, you know, if you've been following uh, our coverage, uh, definitely check that out. Michael Fredericks is our writer, and he's been doing a nice job covering um, the BC women's team. BC has not played very well. Women's basketball struggled this year. I think they're one and nine in conference, and you know they've you know they haven't really been able to do the things that they did last year. Even with Taylor Soul on the team, you know a lot of these younger players they're having their issues. It's it's not as smooth as maybe some of Joanna McNamee's uh, previous teams. However, they played Georgia Tech, a team that had been, you know, was aiming towards getting into the uh, NCAA tournament. They were 13 and 5 heading into this game. And if you remember correctly, uh, BC opened their ACC uh, schedule against Georgia Tech, a game that they lost pretty heavily. Uh, they lost that game 86 to 68. So this game just looked on paper to be a game that they were going to really struggle, just based off of what we've seen with, with BC. However,. It was a defensive battle as Boston College won an ugly game, 49 to 43, and uh, holding Georgia Tech. I couldn't believe this to two points in the fourth quarter. You know, you saw some really nice shooting from Cameron Schwartz, who had 23 points. Soul had 13. Really, the rest of the team didn't do much of anything. You know, other than J- Jalen Batts was the only other player to score more than one point, uh, one shot on the rest of the team. They didn't shoot all that well. They only took 10 three-pointers and missed eight of them. Um, it was, But, you know, I think the big issue for Georgia Tech was that they shot 31% on the game and 16% from three-point range. So, you know, just an ugly game. But, hey, a win is a win. BC Women's takes their second win of the season. And uh, congratulations to them. They will be playing 
against Syracuse at the Carrier Dome on Thursday at 8 p.m. And that game will be on the ACC Network if you want to check them out in their season finale before they head off to the ACC Tournament. Now, the other piece of sporting news that I wanted to talk about was BC Men's Basketball. Uh, On today's ACC Coaches Press Conference, where they do their uh, interviews on the um, upcoming week, Jim Christian did it last week, and that was his last official act as a BC head coach. Scott Spinelli did it this week as the interim head coach, and he announced that Boston College will have nine scholarship players when they're ready to play on Saturday against Notre Dame. Now, Boston College hasn't played in over two weeks, and this will be the first game that Scott Spinelli is going to coach as the interim head coach. Now, we already know that Winston Tabs will not be available as he's already entered the transfer portal, but it looks and appears to be that every other player will be available. So we'll get a good chance to see what Boston College is able to do. And I think even without Tabs, this is a good team. I know Notre Dame's playing a lot better than the last time we saw them, but I think Boston College um, will... You know, maybe they'll have a little extra oomph in their step after, you know, losing their coach and being off. They want maybe want to show something. So that'll be good to see. Now, let's jump into more basketball news. There wasn't really anything football to talk about. You know, there's some recruiting stuff going on behind the scenes. Alex Afari, A F A R I, I said it really quickly. Alex Afari, a uh, athlete out of Ohio, is going to name his top six this weekend on Friday. We're going to keep your eyes open on that. That is a big-time recruit for the class of 2022. He's a high, high three-star, like right on the edge of four-star. And he has Boston College uh, uh, a Boston College offer, but he also has some other big offers. I saw West Virginia and um, a host of Big Ten schools like you know Purdue and Michigan State and things like that. So keep your eye open for that. Now, before we jump into uh, our two coaching profiles today, I wanted to talk about some more names that I see that I wanted to kind of give you my insight on what I've seen and and why I don't think they're going to be Boston College head coaches. So every day it seems like there's a new coach that's just thrown into the fire as a possible Boston College um, uh, candidate. So the new name that I saw today was Richard Pertino, which is Rick Pertino's son. I saw one Minnesota site, and it was a pretty reputable one. I think it was Rivals, had him as a possible candidate for Boston College. Now, I want to jump out and say that that sounds like total uh, malarkey. We'll use that word for this. Because up until this season, the two coaches that had been rumored to be on the hottest seat in college basketball were Jim Christian and Richard Pitino. I have no idea why Boston College would ever hire Richard Pitino. It doesn't make any sense. He hasn't had a winning record in the Big Ten since 2016-2017. That's four straight years with a losing record in the conference. He's had one year since then with a winning record in in overall, and that was 2018-2019 when he went 22-14 and and somehow made the NCAA tournament. So I think that was one of the years where he was a very big um, bubble team, and they made it. And they actually won won a game in the tournament as well. I He doesn't make sense. If you wanted a coach that could infuse excitement and win, Richard Pitino is not going to do that. So I, I'm dispelling this, and here's my theory. You know, I, yesterday I talked about a writer who had put floated Jackson, uh, John Thompson III, and I had my thoughts about that. I think kind of similarly here. That strikes me, 
his name being floated as an agent trying to get his client either more interest or more money. And that the way to do it is to make it sound like other teams are interested in him. You've seen this before when coaches get raises, coaches get extensions. You know, coaches and a- I mean, play- coaches and agents can play schools off of one another, even if it's not real, to get what they want. And Patino, I think, is probably in better shape now. But I cannot imagine that BC would be like, oh, yeah, you know what? We need to fix our program. Let's bring in a guy who's lost and had a losing record in conference for the last four years. It doesn't make any sense to me. So he was one name I was just like, nope, not going to happen. And the second one, I'm only listing because it makes me laugh. And I hope that you're listening to this and you'll laugh, too. I've seen multiple people say Brad Stevens as a possible coaching candidate. Now, I've given some low scores of probability. Put Brad Stevens at like negative 15. It's not going to happen. He's A, never going to leave the Celtics. They're not going to fire him as much as some of the green teamers want him gone. It's not going to happen. He's going to get this team around and he'll fix that. And B, he would never go to Boston College. I know he's a coach of the Celtics, but if, gosh, if Brad Stevens goes back to college coaching, he's going to go to a marquee program. Any big school that wants, you know, maybe Duke is going to say, hey, Coach K, might as well, you know, Hit the, hit the golf links a few years early. Let's bring in Brad Stevens. He's not going to go to a Boston college. So I've seen, and I've seen a multiple people tweet me at, about this. So Brad Stevens, he's up there in terms of my never going to happen with Mark Few, who I've had people tweet at me too. And I'm like, no, Gonzaga's head coach is not coming to Boston college. I think those two are my like, these are not even worth me responding. But I thought you guys might want to laugh because I, I, Sometimes I like a, a really silly answer, and Brad Stevens is definitely the, the worst one I've seen so far. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk about Dennis Gates, who's a possible candidate for Boston College. I want to talk to you about my thoughts about him and where he stands and what I think about him as a possible fit. But before we do, let's chat a little bit about rockauto.com. Now, are you in the market to do some work on your car? Are you a do-it-yourselfer or like to do your own work? Let me recommend rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. All you need to do is head over to rockauto.com and you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything covered. Whether you want control modules, brake lights, um, tail lamps, anything you need. Even if it's a new carpet, they got that too. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you're going to get it all in a few clicks delivered directly to your door. The best part? It's easy to navigate. You can just go onto rockauto.com and you're going to find all the parts available for you. And you just click what you need and get yourself all set up. The best part on top of all that, this, I mean, rockauto.com is great, is that they're always reliably low prices for the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts at your local dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and truck. And make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Now, are you looking for some good national sports talk? Let me tell you about Locked On Today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. 
Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. I am the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Make sure you head on over to my site and check out all the news and analysis that I have running all day long. I've had some other writers join me, so I hope you enjoy uh, and get the news that you need at BC Bulletin. Now, we've talked uh, extensively about some of these coaching candidates. You know, if you go back, you can hear about Kevin Willard and Porter Moser and Ed Cooley and John Beeline. You get them all. I have profiles on all of them, and I've given you my takes on each one. And this is based off of some of the knowledge I know about what Boston College is looking for. My thoughts about how these coaches fit into the system Boston College Athletics has put together for their basketball program. And the odds and, and, and basically the like the likelihood that the Eagles could land these coaches. Because some of them are in positions that maybe they don't want to leave. So today we're gonna talk we're gonna get a little bit more off the beaten path. And we're gonna talk about a coach that's at a smaller school but might have what Boston College needs, and that is Dennis Gates of Cleveland State. Now, you may be going, who? Dennis Gates? Well, here, who is, here's Dennis Gates' story. Dennis Gates was an assistant for um, Leonard Hamilton at Florida State for years, and he's had time also at Nevada, Marquette, California, Northern Illinois, and then he got his first break coming out of the Seminoles program when he was the head coach at Cleveland State and was named in 2020. He took, he had a f- rough first year with the um, with Cleveland State Vikings. Uh, he had a rough first season, but he has turned it around drastically in just one year. They went from 11 wins last year to 17 wins this year, and they're still going, and they've already won the Horizon regular season title. You know, he brings excitement to that program. He's an up-and-coming young coach. He's only 41, and he has, you know, he can turn around a program really quickly, as you can see. Now, the, now the knock is Cleveland State is quite the step down from Boston College, right? But what I would say on top of that is he has the experience recruiting at a high-level school. It's Florida State, right? So he's been able to recruit at the ACC level. He's coached at a smaller school, coached at the ACC level. Now, where's his connection at Boston College? Now, if you've read my site, you know what that is. He's married to Senior Associate Athletic Director Jocelyn Gates, who's worked at BC for the last couple years. Uh, She's a really high up-and-comer in terms of the athletic administration world, Um, I don't know how much that would go into the, the the politicking and going ons behind the scenes in terms of hiring, but that's I think it's worth noticing. Uh, noting, okay. I, I I think I'm I'm impressed. I have to say, so you know, if you as I've talked about, my thoughts on this um, coaching process has been kind of a journey. As I started off, I was like, you know, Howard Isley. If you remember, I said. They're gonna. He's gonna be the best fit for this program. I want him, but now it's kind of changed, and I want to coach with with experience. Now, Dennis Gates, to be fair, only has limited experience as a head coach. He's only been head coach at Cleveland State for the last two years. He's won though, and he has experience at a higher higher um, program in terms of Florida State. I that being said. I have to imagine, you know, he would I be fine with Dennis Gates? Yes. And I know the fan base probably wouldn't be because he doesn't bring the excitement and the wow factor that they need. I think he wouldn't be that bad of a fit, though. He's not someone that I would get upset if they brought here because I think his upside is very high. And f- from what I've heard, he brings, uh, you know, he's going to bring some energy to that Cleveland State program and get them clicking. 
So at this point, I kind of think of Gates as almost like a plan B or a plan C, because if you look at the difference about what he's done and maybe compare it to Mark Schmidt or compare it to, um, you know, Moser Porter, uh, Porter Moser, excuse me, or um, any of these other coaches that have had experience, even John Becker, right? His his experience is much lower. And in you know, going from Cleveland State to BC is quite the jump. Usually you see a coach from like Cleveland State go to maybe like a UMass or, you know, like an A-10 type of program and then leap up. So I don't, I just don't see him there yet. Um, and, but as I said before, I don't see him as a, as a disappointing hire if that's who they end up with. Um, I just, I, you know, the big piece for me too is this hire has to do quite a few different things. You need to win. And that'll bring excitement back to the fan base. But it wouldn't be bad for Boston College to bring in a coach that gets the fans in right out right away because that'll help make winning a little easier if you have a home court advantage. You can't have Conti Morg, you know, with a coach that doesn't win right away. So getting a coach in that is going to really invigorate the program, kind of like what Jeff Halfley did with BC football, is important. And I'm not sure Dennis Gates' hire would do that unless he like completely blew away the interview and came in and had a like that get in type of um, press conference that really got the fan base going. Uh, you know, I have to say I'm a little bit uncertain. I don't know much about him. I had to do a little research to find out what he is and what he's done. Um, but I, I just feel like Joe Schmo or, you know, Sally student might not know much about him and it wouldn't sell tickets, get fans in. It would kind of keep that process going until he started winning, which you know, chicken and egg. Sometimes it's hard to to get one of them going. So, Dennis Gates, my probability of hiring, I'm going to put him at like a four, and I think he's a fit. I think he would jump at BC at the second they offered him. I think it's the other way around here, though. I think Boston College probably has a list that's pretty high above him, and unless they fail down to it, and it's not not a knock on Gates at all. Um, I just don't see him being near the top of their list um, in terms of a coach. So, Dennis Gates, I'll give a four. Next, we are going to talk about a combo deal. I'm going to talk about John Becker and Bill Cohen. I'm going to get two more in here before uh, the end of this episode because I have kind of a similar thought on both of them, and I want to just jump in and, and talk about what they would bring and why I'm not the biggest fan on either. So in a moment, we'll talk about both. But before we do, let's chat about betonline.ag. Are you in the process of making some wagers online? Are you into gambling? Head on over to betonline.ag. It's the safest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. They even cover the award shows, TV shows, and reality shows. They have real-time odds, and they update throughout the day. You can bet on anything you can imagine. On today's, uh, on our group chat for the Locked On group, they were actually sharing one of the prop bets you could bet, which was the Syracuse and Duke game, where you could bet on whether Jim Beheim was going to pick his nose or not. And the odds were that he was not going to. So I'm dying to see if that bet um, pays off or not. But you can go over to betonline.ag and you can bet on that. Head on over and sign up today for a free account and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Again, betonline.ag with promo code locked on, you're going to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now, I want to chat one more time about a podcast that I am really into and it's called More Than a Game. 
February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that comes with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've not done so already, please follow Locked On Boston College on Twitter at Locked On BC, on Facebook at Boston College SI, and on Instagram. Now, our final piece of coaching discussion is going to be on Bill Cohen of Northeastern and John Becker of Vermont. Now, why am I putting them both together? Well, they've both been coaches that have been linked to the BC head coaching search. However, I don't think either of these men fit what Boston College needs. Now, let's start with Becker. You look at what John Becker has done, and it's hard to discount what he's what he's accomplished with the Catamounts at Vermont. He's won 71% of the games that they've played. He's won America Conference five times, including four in a row, and has made the NCAA three times. He would have probably made it four times if the uh, tournament wasn't canceled last year. He's a Northeast coach. He knows the area. He wins, and that's something to say. However, Vermont is a completely different bear than Boston College, right? He has to do things a completely different way in Vermont, and you can get away with you know bringing in guys that fit your mold to the catamounts. It's a lower-pressure game up there. They're not playing against Duke and UNC. He's not recruiting against teams like UConn, Providence, and URI. You know, he's recruiting against like-minded teams like BU and and such and such. How so? Becker for me is a nice story, but he remind you know, and he's probably more accomplished than Steve Donahue was. But he doesn't. He he just seems like an uninspired hire to me. He just seems like an easy coach to say, "Oh, he wins. Let's bring him in," but not showing he has no connections to the upper levels that would prove to the fan base right off the bat that hey, this is a guy that's serious that could win for BC. He's a guy that could do it and that could turn this program around. I just don't see it. You you know, winning at Vermont is not the same as winning at for at Boston College. So. Becker, to me, is not one I would be completely interested in. And I honestly wouldn't be all that surprised if Boston College is not interested either. Um, and that's fine. You know, he he's doing his job well at Vermont. I just don't think he should be coming to Boston College. And then the other coach I had just mentioned was Bill Cohen. So Bill Cohen, if you remember correctly, was an assistant under Al Skinner. He's part of the Al Skinner coaching tree. He's headed off to Northeastern where he's had... Um, a lot of success. You know, he's won two NC. He's gotten to two NCAA tournaments in the last five years. He's gotten the Huskies into a very good team in their conference. But um, he, you know, even with that, he has not been the most consistent head coach at Northeastern. You know, they have been a 500 program for most of his time with the Huskies. And he's not a young coach at all. You know, he's he's almost 60, so you know what you're getting with him. Um, I just, he, again, like, he doesn't do it. Like, he, of course, he's coached with Al Skinner. He's been, he knows what you're going to get at Boston College, and so he could recruit around that. But 
he lacks that wow factor and that experience in a bigger time program that I think Boston College needs. Um, I think he's perfect for Northeastern. I don't think he's a good fit for Boston College. And Becker, I've seen linked more than Cohen, to be honest. Um, I haven't seen Cohen listed all that often, but he's someone I have seen linked to the program here and there. Just like John Becker, I don't want, I don't think either of these coaches fit the needs of Boston College. As I've said before, right now, if you were to ask me, who, and people have asked, I've talked on multiple stations and, and podcasts, who are my favorites to be the next Boston College head coach? And so after a week, you know, Christian was fired last week. I've had a week to kind of process, to look at profiles, to look at what coaches um, can do for this program. And I have three coaches that I feel like would do a great job with Boston College. And then I have a, a series of coaches I think that are possible for BC. So the three coaches I feel for BC that would do a good job with the Eagles are... So these are like the dream three dream candidates. Would be John Beeline, would be Porter Moser, and Kevin Willard. Now those are my three like dream candidates. I you know take all the factors out. If they could get any of those three, it would be like a slam dunk. Now if you were to put in realistic realistic factors in there and like interest that I think these coaches would have in coming to Boston College, I think you'd have to remove Beeline and Schmidt because I not Beeline and Schmidt Beeline and Willard. Because I just, I, I just got a feeling that neither of them would come here. And there's like factors. That if you, if you want to hear why, go back to some of the older episodes. I do talk about that. So my three right now that I feel like are the best fits that have a realistic chance of coming here, I'll stick with Moser. I still think there's a chance he could get here. I think I like him. I also think that Makai um, Shrewsbury of. Um, Purdue, who I just previewed on the site, and I'm going to talk about him tomorrow. I really like him, and I feel like he would be an excellent fit at Boston College. So Moser, Shrewsbury, and then Mark Schmidt. I've grown to appreciate Mark Schmidt and think that he would eventually be a good fit with Boston College. So those are my three. Now they're all. I mentioned these three because I'm 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 imagining that when Boston College names who the head coach is, it'll be someone completely that uh, different than I expected. Though, to be fair, if you check on BC Bulletin, I was on Jeff Halfley for quite a while. I I nailed that one. So, um, just a little humble brag there. So, those are kind of where I'm at in terms of head coaching. I uh, you know there's all these other names that are out there. I still think Rick Pitino is definitely not going to happen. I think Beeline's down there in the bottom. I think Willard is not is is a real hard. Uh, he's going to be a real hard sell. Um, but there's still more names to go down the list, and we're going to continue to trek through and talk out who some of these names are. Now, maybe tomorrow there will be um, a new list. Maybe um, Jeff Goodman or Pete Thamel will get a new name and or a lead on some of the finalists or something like that. You know, we're only a week into this, and I got a feeling, you know, if BC hasn't hired someone yet, it's going to take a little while. Um, but maybe we will get some more news, and we'll kind of be able to jump on that. Um, for now, let me give the grade. So, Bill Cohen, I'm going to give a two. I don't think it's going to happen with Bill Cohen. I just don't think he's going to come here. And I think the interest is probably low on both ends. And John Becker, I'll give him a three. A little bit higher than Cohen. But those two, I believe, are pretty low on the, risk, on the, on the list, and... 
I don't believe that Pat Craft, they fit the needs of what Pat Craft might be looking for in terms of a Boston College head coach. So that's my thoughts for today. On uh, Coming up later this week, we're going to continue talking more about this coaching search. We're going to preview this weekend's hockey games. We're going to get ready for spring football, which is right around the corner. And uh, hopefully we'll have some special guests to talk about that. I'd also like to do another mailbag. I love doing mailbags. It's one of the big, uh, bigger hits on our show. So if you have something you want to talk to me about, if there's a question you have or a thought you, and it doesn't have to be just a question. It could be a thought too. Um, send me an email at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. You can DM me on any of my accounts. I respond to anyone. Uh, they're all open. So just send me a DM if you want that. And um, we're going to try to do that for Friday show. So uh, to get, get the mailbag going. Um, and we will see you all again on Wednesday as we hit hump day. We're getting there, guys. It's another week, another grind. Let's do it. Take care, everyone.